0: Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan. Welcome to Pirates Talk, presented by JAG Physical Therapy. Thank you so very much for your company. Another game, another impressive victory for Seton Hall. On Tuesday night, the Pirates extended their winning streak to five as they soundly defeated St. John's at Prudential Center, 80-65, to improve to 13-5 overall. 6-1 in the Big East, where they're tied for first with nationally number one-ranked Connecticut. The game was tied at 24 with just over four minutes to go in the first half when the Pirates ripped off a 14-0 streak to lead 38-24 at the break. Then the Hall duplicated that run at the start of the second half to run the lead to 52-24 and that was it. Game over. Five Pirates finished in double figures in scoring led by Alamir Dawes with 21 points. Elijah Everett Hutchins scored a season-high 14 points and grabbed seven rebounds coming off the bench. Kadari Richmond, the two-time defending Big East player of the week, was tremendous with 12 points, nine rebounds, four assists, three steals, and three blocks, but his point total was fourth best on the team. Now, that's a good sign moving forward with others taking over the spotlight. So, as Bill Belichick would say, it's on to Creighton. The Blue Jays come to Prudential Center on Saturday, ranked 18th in the nation, but coming off a loss to Yukon on Wednesday night. To preview that game and to discuss the reasons behind the Hall's surprising season, Dave Popkin, the longtime analyst on Pirates broadcasts, will join me on the show. But first, a message from our sponsor. JAG Physical Therapy. A proud sponsor of Seton Hall Athletics, JAG One Physical Therapy gets you back to the life you love. Voted the number one physical therapy company based on first class patient care and outcomes, JAG One Physical Therapy is invested in your full recovery. Your preferred in network rehabilitation provider, JAG One Physical Therapy, has convenient locations throughout New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. For more information and to find a location near you, visit ww.jag1pt.com. Dave Popkin, it's always a pleasure to spend time with you, and I appreciate you joining us on the show today, giving me some of your precious time. Welcome to Pirates Talk once again. Well, likewise, Matt. Always good to spend time with you. Thanks for the invite. Well, it has been a very pleasant, to say the least, season thus far for Seton Hall. We'll talk about the most recent game. We'll preview Creighton coming up on Saturday, but... Was there any sign that you saw or when did you start to see some signs that this team would kind of get on a roll that they've been on where they've won five straight and suddenly they're in the national picture and they're sitting tied for first in the big East, the Missouri game,
1: uh, prior to that, I think it was questionable whether this team would play in the postseason at all. Um, it took them a little while to really come together and, and take on that typical, uh, Seton Hall personality and defense and uh, attitude and then they started to make shots which helps um, scored 90 something points at Missouri and that game was like a, a little looser and up and down and maybe just some better looks and you know Dawes made shots and a day made shots and it, it just can't be Richmond all the time and once you get Secondary, the tertiary scorers that contribute, you know, Dre Davis is going to be there, but you need the other guys to to step up and and not only make shots, but like really get into it on the defense and create deflections and steals and all that. And I think ade Wusu uh, was a big key around that time, uh, him starting to blossom. And then from there, I mean, except for the Xavier blip, they've really been like a freight train. And even in the Xavier game it was like a one point game with like eight minutes to go. And then they just, they fell apart for, for some reason. Uh, Maybe they got tired, but the team is is looking tremendous. I I mean, way, way better than people thought.
0: Uh, Without a doubt. And the Missouri game was preceded by a couple of games by the Rutgers loss. And after that game, I, I was like, like you and many fans. Wow you know, is there going to be any postseason beyond the Big East tournament uh, for this team? And suddenly they've gotten to the point now where you can dream big. You go, well, listen, I don't know how much longer this can go. It maybe goes the rest of the season, but at the very least, they put themselves in a position where unless they flounder entirely, the Big East, the Big Dance, they're both in their future. Deep run, hopefully, in the Big East and a run into the the, uh, Big Dance. And again, it, it would just be an amazing season for Shaheen Holloway in his second year.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they go 500 in the Big East right now, they're going to make the tournament. Yeah, because there's a lot of tough games on the schedule that are going to give them, you know, credence with the with the committee and with the computer rankings and all that stuff. I mean, they're six and one in the Big East. They're tied with UConn, and they have the tiebreaker, so they're really the first place team in the second best conference. And to me, anybody that has them either you know on the bubble or as a 12 or 11 seed is dreaming. I mean, who knows what happens down the stretch, you know, somebody, you know, they fall apart or who knows what, but right now, I mean, the team's playing like a, a five or a six seed, you know, uh, really, I mean, at least because who's playing better. I mean, if you look at quad one wins, okay, there are four teams in the country that have more quad one wins than Seton hall, Kansas, North Carolina, Purdue, and Arizona. And a couple of those are going to be number one seeds. Beyond that, I don't think Seton Hall should be scared of anybody.
0: No, I agree. And I think their experience, I mean, it's a team that's well-documented, one of the oldest in NCAA basketball in terms of seniors and postgrads and what have you. So, yeah, the only thing that can derail them at this point would be knock-on-wood injuries because they're not very deep and they have a couple of very critical components, including Kadari Richmond. For me, the good sign in the win over St. John's, And by the way, that went from a really good basketball game uh, to blowout city over the span of about eight minutes from the end of the first half to the beginning of the second half where they scored 28 unanswered points. Uh, But the good sign for me in the St. John's game, yes, balanced scoring and uh, they got help off the bench uh, from Elijah Hutchins uh, Everett. But. The fact that Kadari Richmond, while his hands were all over the game, he wasn't their leading scorer. He wasn't the dominant performer. And so I think that bodes well moving forward.
1: No doubt. I I think he showed patience. He showed restraint. He passed the ball great. He was a plus 30. Mm. Okay. I I don't remember the last time I've seen that um, with Seton Hall or in college basketball. I mean, it was a team best and it has to be a team best for this season. Uh, he was a plus thirty, you know, and and he was four for fourteen from the field. He wasn't shooting it great, but it, when they doubled him, he almost welcomed it. Right, he whipped the ball into the corner. He whipped the ball, you know, opposite side onto the wing. And when guys make shots in those circumstances, Seton Hall is tough to beat. When they go three for fourteen from three. It's a lot more difficult, and they better get to the line and make all those free throws because it, it, the points don't add up. But lately, you know, seven threes. Last game, eight threes. They've had games, ten threes. And when they do that, I mean, it opens it up, and then and then you see things like Hutchins Everett, you know, able to get loose inside, and Betty Yako, and a little bit more room for Dre Davis, and it just spreads things out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Richmond, uh, I'm sure that we'll talk, a lot about him but and even in the last game in like a quiet game nearly had a double double 12 points 9 rebounds he had the four assists he had three more steals he leads the big east in steals he blocked two shots i mean his defense has been great this year he's clearly the big east player of the year i mean if you if you thought that joel soriano coming in was he, he might still be down the stretch but in this game Seton hall held him to six points and four rebounds and he was a negative 31 when he was on the court they took him out of the game
0: he was not a presence
1: yeah and it wasn't just the big guys it was other people taking down on him they were pushing him away from the basket so richmond is right there with anybody you want to say Devin carter baylor shireman like whatever uh he's been terrific
0: he has been uh the straw that stirs the drink so to speak he is a dominant presence on the court when speaking with the media, he can be very quiet. Not a lot of words used to answer questions. And sometimes you wonder if he's enjoying that part of the game, if you will. Uh, but you probably know him. You should know him better, certainly than I do. Uh, wh- what's he like? What makes Kadari Richmond cook, if you will? Yeah, he
1: is pretty quiet. You know, a little bit of a dry sense of humor sometimes. But he's uh, certainly not braggadocious. Um, but he has confidence, you know, he has quiet confidence and I, I think he's a, a lead by example kind of guy. And I had him on my talk show, um, recently and he opened up a little bit and he admitted that, you know, the talk show that, um, the cook's corner thing that Seton Hall let him do, uh, where he interviewed his, his teammates, let people, um, see his personality a little bit more and, and, and made him come out of his envelope a little bit Mm -hmm. um and and show that and and as he goes along you know in his collegiate and professional career he's going to have to do that so it's part of the college learning process and i think that he's handled you know he's in the press conference very often because he's so good and i think he's handled it well he doesn't say things that are going to get him in trouble um you know, he had the one memorable quote where I think after UConn, you know, oh well, people, you know, had you as an underdog or they picked you ninth, this and this. He said, That's on them.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he left yeah. it at that. Yeah.
1: And um but he's a nice kid and uh I think he just has a quiet confidence uh that continues to build and you see him out there on the floor and he looks like he's half asleep sometimes, <laughs> but then boom, he's by his guy or he blocks a shot. And he's just got that burst. He's, he's dynamic.
0: And he seems to embrace the role of the guy. Not everybody wants that on, on the playgrounds. Everybody makes the last shot at the buzzer, right? Everyone is the big guy on the playground, but when it actually comes down to those last 15 seconds, not everybody wants to be the guy. He seems to be fine. Look, I'll spread things out, as he did on Tuesday uh, against uh, St. John's. But you know what? If I have to make a shot or we need to make a shot, I'll be the one to take it. And that's a trait that you don't get a lot from a lot of players.
1: That's for sure. And sometimes you get it with a player and they're not able to make the shot. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) I think every time this year, he's been able to make the shot, you know, when they needed him. uh, Down the stretch uh, at Butler, and several other games this year. Um, if they clear out, he's going to get to the rim. And it's not even like he's getting to the rim and he's just getting fouled. He's getting to the rim and he's making it, right? He's very crafty. He's a great finisher around the rim. The best that I've seen at Seton Hall at that. You know, it, I mean, he may not be like the best overall guard Seton Hall has ever had. I'm not, I'm not saying things like that. But in terms of getting to the rim and finishing, he's the best I've seen
0: great size and, and, and a great athletic body too. So, you know, he's not afraid to get physical inside any, he, and he has that lefty shot too, right? You know, like he'll go up yeah. there and just bank one in from three feet away using his left hand, which throws the opponent off too. No, it's, he's a terrific player and he is unquestionably the leader on this team. Although others are coming out of the shadows, so to speak. And I think Alamir Dawes, is the player who epitomizes what confidence can do when it's not going well for him, forget it. But when he starts making shots, boy, that chest is puffed out. And I know that's true of a lot of athletes. It's, it's funny how important confidence is, but now he's starting to make some shots. When did that change for him? Because the beginning of the year was, was not a good start for him. And then the shots started to go. Was it just a matter of that happening or did something else occur as well?
1: I think it's two things. Uh, Yes. uh, He has to see the ball go through, whether it's a layup or his first three or whatever. And then it's trouble for the other team because he gets that confidence. He's able to do that sidestep and hit the three and he's able to head fake and get by his man. He's quick with the ball. Um, He turns it over sometimes, you know, not the greatest backup point guard in the world, but he's quick and he can get to the rim and he had the big shot down the stretch. At Butler, we had the floater in the lane. He's not afraid to take the big shot either. So if you have two of those guys at the end of the game, um, that's something that a lot of teams don't have. The Missouri game was huge for him. Um, he had 25 points. It tied his career high. Uh, he was efficient from the field. He had four threes. He was doing other things with his defense. And then he really took off. And if you just look at like his game by game, at USC, Uh, the neutral site game against USC, quote-unquote, he went two for 13. They lost the game. Seton Hall right now is a lot better than USC. Mm -hmm. If he plays his normal game and and a couple other guys play their normal game, quote-unquote, they beat USC, and and they're already ranked. You know, same thing against Rutgers. He goes three for 16. It's hard to overcome that many missed possessions, not just that they're missed shots. They're just empty possessions, right? So, and in a close game, it hurts. But lately great. I mean, made three threes, went eight for nine from the line in the last game at 21 points and did it quietly, did it within the flow of the game. The game before that, he wasn't making his threes at Butler, but he did all kinds of things. He blocked his shot. He had two steals. He had three assists, um, which was a lot for him. He He had four rebounds, right? So he is the nicest guy and the easiest guy to root for. And I think that, you know, he's just, He started to internalize some of Shaheen's killer instinct. And as that continues to grow, and as his confidence continues to grow, he becomes a dangerous player.
0: Well, after the Marquette victory, Shaka Smart, Marquette's head coach, said, look, this team is now Shaheen's personality on the floor. Essentially, that's not the quote, but he said... That's who he is. That's who they are. And he said when you have a veteran team that embraces that and and has those traits, it's a dangerous team. They can can do a lot of damage. Uh, Shaheen Holloway, we know. We see him on the sideline, the gyrations. We know him as a player, hard-nosed, one of the great Seton Hall players, uh, led St. Peter's uh, to that glorious run before he took over at Seton Hall. Is... Is that toughness, is that, fi- that, that, that Shaheen personality finally taking over this team? Like, did they, it didn't seem like they necessarily embraced it. Last year, forget about it. New, a lot of new guys, this, that, and the other thing. This year, it seemed to take a while. But now I, I think they figure hey, it's a winning formula. And by the way, we have no choice because he's not going to back down. <laughs> he's not going to adjust for the players. The players are going to adjust to him.
1: Yeah, I mean, last year I think that he would admit uh, was a big learning curve for him, um, coaching at this level. You know, uh, he didn't he what didn't have much time to put a team together. Um, they were a tough team. You know, they they took his personality, you had the Casey Nadefos and the Femi Odicalis, and and they had some nice wins and they made the NIT and they just didn't have the talent and the chemistry, the continuity of this year's group, you know, um, this year's group has started to take on the toughness. Yes. I mean, you're seeing it with, you know, Betty Ako and Hutchins Everett inside. Uh, you're seeing even Jaquan Sanders, you know, has become more useful off the bench, even when he's not making threes, he plays defense. Um, you know, the starters for sure, um, you know, have become very much like that. Um, Davis and a Wusu, these guys are Rebounding, they're blocking shots. Uh, and Shaw, you know, I think it's a balance for him. I think he really wants to drive the guys hard and practice them hard and, you know, just have them become a freight train and take on his personality. But at the same time, it's a balancing act for him right now because those guys are playing big minutes, right? Every game they're playing, you know, thirty four thirty38 minutes, some of these starters and there's been some short turnarounds, you know, and so far it's worked. It's been great. And you feel more confident when the starters are out there on the floor, they're able to build and maintain the lead. They just have that, that continuity with their passing and the way that they play defense. But um, it'll be interesting to see that balance for him, you know, just kind of when to pull back and when to push with these guys, because it becomes a long year. You know, it does. I mean It's a lot of minutes.
0: It, it It is a lot of minutes, and that bears watching, particularly in the second half of the season. Uh, so let's just jump, jump ahead here to uh, Creighton on Saturday. They come off the loss to UConn. Uh, they are nationally ranked, but not as powerful as I think most people thought they would be. Uh, what's the challenge on Saturday? What's the game plan?
1: Well, you know, if the big guys could hold their own with Ryan Kalkbrenner, mm-hmm. as they've done with many uh, big men like Donovan Clingon and like Joel Soriano, Oso uh, Iguodaro, like the Seton Hall bigs, have held their own or played better uh, than, you know, the opposing big men, which was, I think, the biggest concern entering this season was, will that, you know, two or three-headed monster at the center uh, be able to hang their own, uh, hang, you know, hang with these guys and and really be a positive, And and they have been. And that's been great so let let's say they hold Kalkbrenner under his average, then it's three point defense because Baylor Shireman has a quick trigger from outside. He averages you know eighteen points a game. Uh, he's been very consistent for them. Mason Miller, who had a, a goose egg last game against Yukon, is also a guy that can go for twenty uh he's he's an excellent three point shooter at nearly fifty percent uh, on the year. Trey Alexander can get it going. so if they can. I know it's tough to do both things, but if you shut down their three-point game and you keep Kalkbrenner to like a reasonable number, they win the game, (laughs) you know, unless they go like 0 for 20 from three-point range because they're doing so many other things well. You know, I mean, Richmond is getting to the rim. Other guys are making threes. Isaiah Coleman's giving them contributions off the bench. I get that Creighton is very good. Um, They are, as of yesterday, top 15 of the Ken Palm and the net. So this would be a really good quad one win, but they also scored 48 points yesterday. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a winnable game.
0: It is. And the home crowd advantage has been enormous for Seton hall, particularly this year. Uh, and lately, simply because, hey, who doesn't like a winner and who doesn't realize what's at stake here? I, I think it will be a low-scoring game. Can Seton Hall or a lower-scoring game? I think at times that favors Seton Hall, but I don't know. Sometimes when I see they get out and run, it's, it's also a game that they can play. Which, which style is more beneficial for Seton Hall, that up and down or that let's just lock it down and get into a fistfight?
1: When they get up and down like they did against St. John's, they can blow teams out. Yeah. So I think, to, to me, offensive efficiency on the break, like if they can really master that, which they haven't yet, um, they're able to get steals and get out in transition sometimes. And I think if they just, you know, are able to pass the ball a little bit better, make better decisions on the break, they can blow teams out. Because in the half court, they've been pretty efficient, you know, way better than last year. Uh, especially since Richmond has gained confidence, and because the team is a much, much better free throw shooting team. It's that's you know, incredible, right? Who, now, yeah, it's like sixty, <laughs> sixty-eight, sixty-nine percent. Sealing Hall year. hasn't
0: made free throws in forever.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like seventy-eight percent. You know, it's it's one of the best teams in the country. So I, I think the half court is fine. You know, and, and if they, it's a bonus. Like if they can get, you know, ten points in transition. Uh, then they're dangerous because they're making points at the line as well. So offensively, um, whereas last year, the first half of this year, scary, right? I think it's, it's not a huge issue right now, and they can play at either pace.
0: Well, if they can win on Saturday, and there's no reason why they can't, well, there'll be even more of a national, wow, what's going on there factor. Another nationally ranked team will fall to Seton Hall, and I think, regardless, Seton Hall does get into the top 25 this week. They got votes last week. What do you think?
1: I agree. Uh, I don't think that's good for them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how well they handle prosperity, but um, because sometimes when you see these big leads, you're like, eh, we got it. We got this. And then, you know, all of a sudden it's a five point game or a one point game. So, um, uh, yes, I think they will be ranked. I think they're one of the best 25 teams right now. I don't know where they'll be ranked. I don't know if it really matters. Um, You know, where it matters is where they're seated in the NCAA tournament and that they get in, Uh, because if they get in, you know, they're going to be dangerous uh, with that veteran team and the great backcourt, And, and they have, they got the mojo, you know, it's hard to define, but they just have that mojo right now.
0: Yeah. And you know, Shaw won't let them get too far ahead of themselves. I noticed after the win against St. John's and I I was kind of, caught off guard because he snapped. He was sitting to the side waiting to speak with the media. The three players were at the table. uh, And I think Alamir Dawes said just something that caught Shah's ear. And it was kind of an innocuous, like we feel good. And boom, he said nothing like basically haven't accomplished anything yet. And then, Alamir looked at not him. kind comfortable. Of, yeah, not, not comfort. Not comfort. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah, and 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 Dawes looks at him and says, "Oh, oh, yeah, I, I better correct that publicly right now." Because <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Shaheen constantly says that we need to get better, need to get better, need to get better. So he'll do his best to prevent his team from from getting too far ahead of themselves. Last thing, maybe last couple of things. We'll let you go. Can you explain the Big East to me this year? It hasn't gone according to form. Seton Hall clearly the best example of that what's the second half we're not quite there yet but close enough what's the second half going to be like and will form returned in some way to Big East basketball or is it just Big East basketball and this is what you get
1: you know I think officiating uh has has a role in it it depends on the night you know what the games are like you know how much they let them play how much they don't um I I think that many of these teams are the same <laughs> i really do okay. except for DePaul. paul i think on any given night uh it could be anybody right i mean marquette looked like they were world beaters i at one point this season i was saying on the air that they're the best team in the country for the last few weeks they really haven't been <laughs> right they've come back to the pack you know with creighton with seton hall uh yukon's the number one team in the country but they have looked human. You know I mean? Butler almost beat them. Seton hall beat them by 15. They're not unbeatable. Like at the end of last year in the NCAA tournament, they were unbeatable, right? Mm -hmm. They're great. Um, Right now they're very, very good. You know, they probably deserve to be number one, but are they that much better than the rest of this league? I, I I don't see it. I I, I was St. John's very good team. You know, they just kind of got snowballed by Seton hall in that game, but, you look at some of these teams like Xavier, they're very good. They're ahead of schedule. Like if Providence didn't lose Hopkins, they would be in the, you know, the top couple in the league. So I think it's pretty deep. I think they're going to get, you know, probably seven teams in the tournament this year. Um, So it's a good year for the league. Uh, I think that the teams that do get in uh, will do well, you know, in the tournament this year. I I don't think there's going to be like a lot of one and dones. Uh, There's some some tough teams, you know. They're toughening each other up.
0: And as happens in all sports, it's not so much what you do in the regular season. You got to get there, but just get in because the tournament is a different world altogether. And if you can peak as you get closer to getting in, then obviously you can go on that run. But really, anymore, it's just get in. Yeah, you know, totally. The rest totally is agree. just publicity and talk for alums to say, "Hey, my club is." sitting atop the the conference or near the top or nationally ranked. But from a coach's standpoint, they're like, Hey, dogfight, fight, rock fight, great conference. Every game's a challenge. Let's just get out of it healthy. Let's win as many as we can and see where the chips fall after that. Uh, Dave, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. We'll let you go. Looking forward to the game on Saturday against Creighton. And who knows what this crazy adventure for Seton Hall will be like the rest of the way, but I know you're enjoying it from your perch on the radio side and Uh, sitting there with Gary. And I know all fans are enjoying listening to you guys call the games. Uh, We'll look forward to seeing you in person on Saturday for that game.
1: Yeah, uh, always fun to be with you, Matt. And This team has been a pleasure to watch. I'm looking forward to the stretch run.
0: And that will do it for this edition of Pirates Talk, presented by JAG Physical Therapy. Seton Hall basketball and Dave Popkin are synonymous. No, Dave doesn't set strategy or pick for that matter, but when you listen to Pirates games, he and Gary Cohen are as much a part of the team as anyone. Special thanks to JAG Physical Therapy for its support of Pirates Talk as this show continues to attract more listeners and as Seton Hall continues to flourish under Shaheen Holloway, I look forward to growing together. Many thanks to my good friend Pat Christensen, the sound engineer of the show and the writer and performer of the Pirates Talk theme. His work on Pirates Talk is invaluable and very much cherished. And thanks to you for your company. It's very much appreciated. Until next time, treat each other kindly, stay safe, be well, and go Pirates!